In this episode, once again, we speak to the amazing Jason Lasseter. Jason is born and raised in New York. He worked as an IT security analyst and has flipped over 100 homes within the last 10 years while working full time. He now works full time in his real estate as a real estate developer. He wrote his best selling book, Nine to Five and Flip on the Side. He purchased a strip mall in April 2020, uh, 2022. And it's currently, um, his tenants include Dollar General, Motor Vehicle, Chamber of Commerce, and many, many more. And today we're speaking to Jason about how to find your next million dollar real estate deal. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame, and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession, or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And once again, we have the amazing, we have the charming, we have the wonderful Jason Lasseter. Welcome, Jason. Hi, Gul. How are you? I'm doing really well, my dear. I'm doing really well. Jason, everyone's heard your intro. They know how fabulous you are. Please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. So I'm a real estate investor. I buy and I buy houses and sell houses. So I fix and flip. Along with being an author and a coach. Yes. <laughs> and an <inventor. laughs> yeah. Let's not forget about all the other things that you do too. So, um, Jason being very modest as he is. So I'll, I'll interject there and say he has various other roles too. So he does a number of things. He's, a, he's an entrepreneur in the true sense of word. So Jason, um, today we're talking about. Uh, I'm glad you said you, uh, that was the first thing that you're a real, um, a real estate investor. So today we're talking about how to find your next million dollar real estate deal. So Jason, how does someone? Um, how do you go about looking for a real estate deal? Yeah, sure, Gal. So there's several ways to find great deals out here. One way, and I just created this great unique way. So what I'm doing is I, I, I'm organizing a luxury bus tour. Okay. And I think I sent that to you not too long ago. But basically what it is, it's a tour. You get on a bus, you get on a luxury tour bus, and we find some of the greatest deals out here that are off market. And this is what I'm doing locally now, but I'm hoping to um, do it uh, nationwide. But what we're doing is we're touring some of the best deals that are off the MLS, meaning that they're not listed by a real estate agent. They're off market. And the reason why they're so great is because the seller is able to have a, a higher discounted rate because he's not listing them with a real estate agent. Now, another way to find great deals is we can go through property management companies. For an example, I'm sure in the UK, here in the US, we have a lot of property management companies. They have sellers or owners that are retiring and they just want to maybe sell the property. They made a lot of money through rents, but now they just want to sell it. They're retiring. So that's another good way to pick up great property that discounted rates. Another excellent way is to call estate lawyers. Call the estate lawyer and say, hey, do you have any uh, estates that need to sell their house urgently? 
meaning right away, you know, and that's another way to get really good priced homes at a discounted rate. So it all depends on if you're going to fix and flip, are you going to buy and hold, are you going to use Airbnb? It all depends on what you have in mind as far as how you want to, you know, to buy deals. Do you want to just do buy and hold or fix and flip? So those are really good, great ways that I use to find deals. You mentioned something else as well. You mentioned something about pawn shops. What's this deal with pawn shops? Yeah, so pawn shops, we have many pawn shops out here. So these are people that want to sell certain, they may have certain items like a nice watch or Rolex. Yeah, that's what, that's, that's, yeah. So anyway, they have these valuables that they need to sell because they need money right away. So some people will go to a pawn shop and say, hey, um, I, I desperately need to sell this house. Um, we're getting a divorce. And would you guys be interested? So me as an investor, there's been times I would call a pawn shop and say, hey, you have any, you have anybody that's, that that's selling you guys a house. Um, I'm an investor and I can buy it from you guys. I'm sure you guys are going to make money as well, but also I can take it off your hands too. So it's a, it's a win-win situation. I'm taking it off the pawn shop. He's making a profit and I'm also making a profit as well. You know? So uh, sometimes people, depending on their life circumstances, they need to sell their house. So they will go to a pawn shop to Mm. sell the house. So, Let's talk about, um, you know, when you once you once you find a deal, how do you do the assessments? I mean, what's your process? Uh, I mean, I know you said it depends on the strategy. So let's go with the one that's really popular at the moment, which is, you know, with the rise of Airbnb and uh, Bookings.com, I think two major players. And so there are a lot of people who are now going into, you know, um, short term holiday lets. So if you have the intention of having that kind of um, business model, how would you find a deal and how would you analyze the numbers on it? Okay. So you're saying uh, you're, you're talking about like an Airbnb or a rental? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Basically you want to find out what the rents are in that local area in that type of house, you know, mm-hmm. let's say a three bedroom, two bath, you know, let's say it's 1400 square feet, two car garage, or maybe it's one car garage. Is it, does it have a you know fenced yard, all these different all these different things that the house may have, you, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna compare that to another house that could be renting the same amount of money. So there's certain sites online that you can find out what the house would rent for. Um, you know how much rent you can get. Also, if you're gonna if you're gonna list it on Airbnb, you can find out you know how much money you would probably get from uh, renting that house or just doing an Airbnb on that Airbnb on that house. Mm. How do you assess? If, you know, for example. If, 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 for example, you know, someone is selling quickly or for, you know, or there's an estate that needs to sell quickly, how do you account for the budget required to upgrade it? Because most of these, uh, the property that you're buying, yeah. which, if they're below market value, and especially if they're being sold by, you know, our parents who've passed away and the children are selling on, mm-hmm. a lot of these houses are outdated, they need to be fixed. Um, how do you assess how long it's going to take to assess, you know, fix it up? Sure. Uh, you know, and where, where would you find the team members for it or the people to do the work for it? It seems like a really big headache. How do you go about systemizing it? Because I know you have a system. What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing you want to look at the house, You once you get the address, you want to find comps. You want to run comps against the house to see how much how much the, the value of that house is. Mm-hmm. You want to do an appraisal. An ARV appraisal is called an after repair value appraisal. Okay. So there's two different types of an appraisal. There's a, a, the main appraisal, <clears throat> and then there's an ARV appraisal, which 
pretty much you have a list of things you're going to do to the house. Let's say you're going to put in granite countertops, brand new windows. You're going to put a brand new furnace. You're going to do interior paint, exterior paint, brand new updated kitchen, flooring. So you have a list. And then when you call the appraisal company, you give them that list of items of what you're going to do to the house. So he looks at the list. He goes in the house. He looks at the list. And he says, okay, you're doing all these different things to the house. So then he looks in the neighborhood and sees certain houses that are also sold, that's sold. And what things did that that house have done as well? So he does a market comparable analysis, a CMA. (laughs) And uh, that's how he determines what the ARV of the house is going to be called the appraisal of after, after repair value appraisal. So and that's and then he gives you a report of how much money you should be able to make after you upgrade the house with all those different items that you provided. Okay. So now here's a question. And then how do you um and then you get contractors and and get them to give you quotes on how much it will cost? Well, I never have my <laughs> I've done so many of these houses, but I don't get my contractors to go in the houses with me because I've done so many. I already know what my contractors are going to charge me for every mm-hmm. item. We have a fixed price on things. Mm-hmm. So me, I'm the go I'm the one that goes in the houses. But if you're new or you're already, you know, you're 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 a beginning, a beginner or an advanced person, you might want to bring your workers there and 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 have them give you a quote on what the kitchen upgrade would be, the furnace is going to cost and all that stuff and have him put together a spreadsheet with line items showing of what each item would cost to do. And that's pretty much what I do. But I'm usually the one that goes in every house. I don't need to bring my workers in there anymore. <laughs> and then you have to take account of, um, you have to take account of uh, the time frame it will take to actually build this as well? That's correct. Usually, typically for rehab, it usually takes us about four months, four to five months to get it done. And then we put it on the market. And then Last thing we do is we clean and we stage the house. Because usually when I stage the house, it makes it sell much faster because mm. it's all staged, nice with furniture, the nice fixtures. And you have these little things like in the bathroom, you want to have those little towel holders, the shower rod holder. Mm. Um, also, you may want to have some fruits and, and just, you know, some food that you stage the house with as well. So when someone comes in, they're ready to sign that contract. Usually it's that kitchen and that bathroom that the woman goes to look at, you know, usually when the woman wants to buy the house. But those are the main things that people look at when they go in the house is that kitchen and that bathroom. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. Now, here's a question for you back in terms of finding the deal. A lot of the times, and I've learned this the hard way, how do you not get emotionally involved with each project? I know that you know you flipped 100, so you definitely have a know how to do this because this is a mindset thing. How do you take out emotions and make it into purely business venture when you are taking this seriously? That's a great question. You never want to get emotionally attached to the house. Mm-hmm. A lot of investors go out of business when they get emotionally attached to the house because they want to do all hands on with the work. They want to be attached. They want to put in the best 
fixtures and the best quality uh, materials. And sometimes they get so involved and tangled in that that they lose focus that, hey, this is just a this. You just want to make it an asset to sell. You know, you want to make a profit on it. You know, you're not going to live in that house. So release that attachment, release that emotional attachment from the house and just make it as if the the, the objective here is to sell the house when, once all the work is done. And that's it. And then you have to treat it as a volume. I mean, you, you know, every house you're doing in volume, you want to just, the goal is to make a profit, rehab it, you know, uh, do all the fixing, stage it, then put it on the market to get sold. That's mm. it. That's the model. And how do you, now coming back to this, so the, when you first started off, you know, you said to me that you're in Friday Feature, you read a lot of books and as many books you can, you could get your hands on for or to researching on real estate. Did you take any courses? Did you work on your mindset? Did you do anything or was it just you took the plunge because, you know, you, you come from an entrepreneurial background because of your, your father? Here's the thing. You can read, you get to a point where you're reading all these books and if you don't do it, you don't take action. It's no good. No. <laughs> it's just you're reading all. And that's what I started. I started I kept reading books and, the, you know, people selling these classes, you know, they keep reading. But if they don't take action, if they don't do hands on, when I say hands on, making an offer, picking up the phone and make an offer, finding a deal to make an offer, raising the funds, getting the getting the funding in place, whether it be hard money lending, private lending or bank loans, whatever it is, you know, getting that money to buy the deal. So people tend to get so wrapped up in the books and they, they don't, they, they get, they, they have this fear that to do the deal that they're reading the books, you know, the books are good, but once you read the books, you have to apply, you have to apply what you're learning. And when you're doing, when you're doing the deals, when you're doing hands-on, you're gaining that experience, mm-hmm. which is going to help you overcome that fear and build that self-confidence. So that's what I tell people. If they're reading, if they're constantly reading a book over a month and then that they haven't even picked up the phone to make a deal yet, then they're going to just keep being in that certain mode to keep reading. It's not going to go strictly by the book. It just doesn't. And it doesn't go strictly by when they watch these TV shows on fixing, on, on fixing houses. It, mm-hmm. That's all that, that, that it doesn't work as easy that as they see on TV either. It doesn't work that way. I think this is a mindset thing. This is where you need to understand that um, you have to have the right mindset before you do any kind of venture. And I know that, um, you know, lots of excuses come to your mind. Like, you know, how can I raise finance? And I've got bad, I've got poor credit. And, uh, you know, who lent it to me? Or I don't have any, or I have no equity in my house to issue, you know, to release the equity. And how do I start? How do I make an offer? If I, you know, all these questions come to your mind. How do you deal with that? How does someone, I mean, did you have a, a good amount of capital when you first started or did you raise capital no, yourself? I, I didn't, I didn't have a good amount of capital. Um, matter of fact, when I, when I came to Missouri, I did some deals that was seller financed because I would negotiate with the seller. I'd say, okay, I want to buy your house. Let's say that the person wanted, I think it was a, yeah, it was a deal when I came out here, there was one house, they wanted uh, 60,000. So I says, okay, would you accept owner financing on the house? In other words, I'll buy the house from you, but I'll pay a, a monthly payment. Mm-hmm. So what I want to do is I want to buy the house from you. I'm going to pay you a monthly payment for six months. But at the same time, I'm going to fix the house. You're going to give me access to do whatever I want to do with, to the house. I'm going to fix it up. I'm going to put a new kitchen, new flooring, new paint, and all that stuff. And in six months, I'm going to have you all paid off. 
So I used that same strategy to do at least, I did at least 20 homes by owner financing with no money pretty much out of my pocket. It was just finding ways to, to negotiate with the seller, you know? Uh, so those are some of the best deals. Like, you know, you, for an example, let's say you have a house out there and you just, you know, maybe the house you're willing to owner finance it hundred percent. Maybe you want a thousand down or whatever. The house is just sitting there. It's, it needs fixing. So I come to you and I say, go, I'll buy your house, but let's, let's work out an agreement. That would be a win-win for us. I'll pay you a monthly payment, but please give me access to the house uh, where I can start fixing it up. And then the price is always going to stay the same at 50 grand. So in six months, I'm going to have you all paid off at the end of six months. So my goal within six months goal is to fix that house completely and have it all sold in six months. So I'll probably list it. Maybe I'll make a profit of 50 grand. I'll sell it at a hundred thousand, pay you off your 50 that I owe you minus the interest payments that I've been paying you each month and the fixed payments. And then I'll make myself a profit that way. So that's, you know, there's so many ways to, to buy real estate if you structure it right with the seller. So I, what I'm hearing is when you are determined and you have the right mindset in order to do the work, you find a way. Yeah, and when right. you otherwise, you will find excuses not to start. So you may have all the best intentions in the world. And for both strategies you've mentioned, you know, you know, there's so many different ways to find deals and there's so many different ways to finance deals. But what's the prerequisite from it is working on your mindset and you really need to work on your mindset. Is that correct? Yeah. That's correct. That's correct. My, yeah, mindset is very important because if you focus a lot on your mindset, let's say you you let's say you're trying to buy something, but you you say I don't have the money, so I can't buy it. But if you open up and you say, how can I get the money, hmm. or how can I do it? What 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 can I do to get the money? Then you can start writing things ways down of how you can do it. Because if you got that passion, that there's nothing that's going to stop you from getting it. Then you'll find ways you'll find ways that can open up to help you get it. So it's opening up your mind to have that openness to say, okay, how can I do it? Instead of being closed-minded, say, oh, I don't have the money for this. I can't do it. I can't afford it. I don't have the money. But if you have that openness to say, how can I do it? In what ways can I do it? What is, po- what is possible for me to do it? So it opens up your mind more. Asking the right questions, basically, is the key to success. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And not taking a no for an answer and not letting yourself come into excuses. I think it's very important from what you've described to, first of all, have a very strong why, like a very strong reason as to why you want to do it. Be passionate about it. Be, you know, be excited about it as you seem to be about real estate. And, and then, and also about being wealthy. I think that's important too. You were quite determined to be an entrepreneur, to be wealthy, to be, to be able to have, uh, um, to have that sort of legacy behind I think that is very important. If you don't, then you'll become lazy and you find excuses about it. And as, as I've been coming up with lots of excuses. And the reason why I've been saying this is because, you know, in all honesty, those are uh, things that usually come to my mind. I haven't got the money. I've got the whole credit. I've got this and I've got that. But like you said, where there's a will, there's a way. You can always find a way around it if you are determined enough and if it's important enough for you. And I found... And this is why I, I talk about this all the time. Mindset comes before everything, before business, before strategy. It's always the mindset. If you have the mindset, the strategy or the business idea will present itself. Would you agree? I totally agree. You know, manifestation. I've learned a lot of that, you know, with, with taking your class. And, uh, you know, 
a lot of a lot of you know the, the, the nice thing about the mindset you can apply it to everything you do yes. in life, not just with business or real estate. And then it's uh you, you train your kids too, you know. Um, so you can apply it to any life circumstance that you're going through, whether it be with health issues, maybe you're trying to defeat cancer, maybe you you know maybe you're even just trying to be a good employee at the, at your job. <laughs> maybe you want to raise. You just try, you know, so you can apply that mindset, um, you know, that mindset skill to anything in life. And it works. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, Jason, we're going to wrap this up. So, Jason, tell us, where can we find you on the Internet? How can we connect with you? Sure. You can find me at www.coachjasonl.com. And if you are listening to us on the podcast, the link that Jason just mentioned to our website and his other links will be in the show notes. And if you're watching on YouTube, then down below in the description section, we'll have all his links to do check him out. And I didn't realize he was actually a coach himself um, as a, as a, as a real estate coach as well. He's got many, many hats that he wears and I highly recommend to his, his, both his books, especially the kids books, which uh, is um, what's it called? Elephant Joe. It's called Cowboy Joe. Oh, Cowboy Joe. It's, it's got a nice, a nice name that you can remember. Cowboy Joe. <laughs> Cowboy Joe. So we'll have the link to that too. Do check him out. He's amazing. Thank you so much, Jason, for being so open and candid and um, and taking the time out to talk to us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Cole. And thank you for listening to me and Jason today on Money Talkies. I will be back with another amazing guest finding out how you and I can build a better business. Until the next time you meet, this is Gold Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.gulkhan.com and if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop and if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money then go and get my book Laws of Money from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.